Hey there. What up, what up, what up? And welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina, sitting in my living room, enjoying looking at the face of my wife. It's just her face is just so shiny and beautiful. And I'm just hanging out, you know, here in the territory of the Tongva people, a.k.a. Los Angeles, California. <laughs> yes, it's been good settling down with my sweet sis. This is your girl, Asia. I'm here mm-hmm. with Jasper Dorsey. <laughs> Jasper Period. Joe Dorsey, okay? Her government. Her whole name <laughs> And we are here on the Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho territories, also known as Aurora, Colorado. Mm, in that city where I was born. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate anymore, but it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's honestly fine. Um, speaking of relating, mm. um. Let us relate to what is in our medicine bags today. Mm, Absolutely. My medicine bag is varied. Um, Mm. I have just um, come back from a lot of travel. Um, I have been supporting an organization um, in Leadville, Colorado, around um, creating food justice up there and traveled to New York for a work retreat and it really took me out physically, mm. spiritually. Uh, it was a lot for my body to go super high altitude and then super yeah. low altitude. Um, and so what's in my body um, and what's in my medicine bag has been the deep cultivation of grounding practices. And especially mm. um, I have my airline medicine bag And these are some of the remedies that I use to subvert some of the harm that happens when we're crossing multiple, literal multiple timelines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But going through time zones is actually a lot on the body. And so um, I've grown quite accustomed to supporting my liver um, with Hypericum preferatum while I'm traveling. changing the way that I eat so that it's very light when I'm traveling um, and incorporating sort of micro movements so that while I'm sitting on that plane for how many ever, how many hours um, that each part of my body is distributing the juice and the water. You know, I, I shout out to my Korean skin goddesses uh, who will literally put like a face mask on because of how dehydrating airplanes are. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, like centering hydration, um, keeping my antioxidants super high while I'm traveling um, and making sure that I'm getting those movements, making sure I'm walking back and forth throughout the aisle when I have the opportunity to. These are some of the things that are in my medicine bag this week. Yay. I love that you are being really sensitive to your body as usual and noticing um, the changes and how you have to adjust your medicine. Um, and I didn't think about having an, um, an airline medicine bag, but I want to have one. 
Um, I'm not too affected by what goes on on the airline because I'm usually knocked out. Um, <laughs> I am. One thing about me is I will go to sleep on the plane. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess I've flown from Denver to LA like most of my life. So I just got used to getting on the plane and going to sleep. But um, no, I want to just in case, because, you know, I'm going to be traveling a lot. And so, you know, I might not be fully asleep on every flight anymore. So, yeah, I want to come up with an air- airline medicine bag. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, um, my medicine bag. Wow. OK, so this week um, I went to church on Monday. Shout out to my church. Shout out to Pastor Jazz. Um, you know, this weekend uh, was very tragic. Um, mm. There were two shootings that took place. Um, one during the weekend and one on Monday. Um, and uh, yeah, we have um, some AAPI people in my church. And one of the shootings was in L.A. County. Um, so a lot of people were mourning and uh, just feeling scared. So church on Monday was just, it was kind of heavy, but um, Pastor Jazz came with uh, some cool tools for us. And um, she uh, was at her old church in um, Berkeley on Sunday, and they were calling people to a fast, um, to fast and pray. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because at our church retreat, me and Pastor Jazz were laughing at fasts because they're often really ridiculous. And also there's so many people who struggle with like eating disorders. So it's like it's it's a lot. But um, it's interesting. Pastor Jazz said, you know what? Like I feel it on my spirit that like I want to do a fast and I want to invite anyone who um you know, would like to do it with me to do it because even though um, it is a practice that has been used in not the best intentional ways, um, it's it's old spiritual medicine and um, people really get connected to the spirit when they, um, yeah, they they take on these this, these disciplines that put them in a posture of like longing for what they want. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it it was interesting because we have like a lot of conversation time at church. And so um, one of the um, people on the Zoom was like, you know what? It's crazy. Like I've known so many Muslim people who when they practice Ramadan, they be like on the spiritual high. You know, there's just something about fasting. I was like, that's real. Like, honestly, it's true. And so I felt hesitancy about it. But I was like, you know what? Let me let me try it on yeah like along with that like pastor jazz like was like how about like we have our fast whatever that is for you like if it can't be food please don't make it be food if it's your phone whatever you need to do but I think having a prayer twice a day until the end of the year and like fast if you'd like but we just really need some spiritual intervention right now Mm. um and I was like all right let me let me let me do the things however I can Mm. and so yeah I really like 
incorporated these um, prayer times into my day and I feel like it's yeah I feel I don't know how to describe it but uh yeah I feel more connected with I don't know the world with the things because often when things are really intense I have to avoid it because I'm like I'm doing way too much I'm going through too much mm -hmm. to think about this but I think I've grown in my compassion um and capacity to like even think about tragedies like these and mm. and things like that so yeah so we'll see we'll see how it goes I have till next Tuesday so I'll, I'll let y'all know how it goes but um yeah I'm like doing the food fast as much as I possibly can I'm doing it the the Muslim way the sundown or sun up to sundown I struggled yesterday it was hard <laughs> but I did it. Um, so it requires a lot of intentionality because you need to make sure that your breakfast is ready to go in the morning <laughs> so you can eat <laughs> before the rest of the day and your dinner as well. So um, yeah, I think I'm deciding to take on discipline as something that's for me uh -huh. um, and not against me. So um, even though I'm like, oh, this is annoying. But then I do it. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I can do this. I'm a disciplined person naturally. And so I'm not going to see it as something that's hmm, something that's uh, oppressive, but something that can, you know, posture me to get to where I need to go. So, yes, disciplines are in my medicine bag. Okay. Okay, sis. This brings me back to high school when we used to do our little fast in the spring. Do you remember that? Yeah, my church used to do the Daniels fast every um, beginning of the year. It's just a real one. She'd be trying things with Listen, me. Karina enrolled me and I said, yep, we're doing it. And I had a good experience. Um, and so, yeah, I'm happy that discipline is in your medicine bag, especially um, because our herbal tradition really doesn't support cleanses and fasts, which are very heroic and have been used yeah. as a weapon against the body and against uh, the flesh and in a really mm -hmm. um, derogatory way. Um, yeah. But I do uh, do commend the beauty of uh, what, what discipline can offer. Um, I know that uh, I fast every day and it's called breakfast so i can't stand you <laughs> you break your fast every i do morning. i do <laughs> and i make sure that that's there's at least 12 hours between my last meal and my first meal and so mm -hmm. um sometimes it's like 16 hours right if i stop eating at 6 p.m and i don't eat until 10 or something like that uh, don't come for me about the mathematics but um, but yeah, so I just, uh, I just acknowledge the way that our culture already has fast built in. And I also mm -hmm. honor the way that like giving something up can give you access to so many different parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I know that I am the most spiritual when I am the most nourished and that's mm -hmm. the pattern of my Kappa body. And mm -hmm. so I'm really curious about, um, the ways that spiritual awakening is shaped by the body itself. 
um, and and what the body sort of needs in order to deeply release its stresses to connect. Um, yeah, so thank you for opening up that portal. And um, yes, my beloveds called me to tell me about the tragedy in California as well. And um, so, yeah, I just, I send my love to all of you. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think it's it's disgusting to know that there have been 34 shootings in the United States and it's day 25 of January. And so, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, people are going through a lot. There's a lot of loss at the beginning of the year. And so, um, yeah, um, I want to also invite people to nourish their bodies as they see fit. Um and to bring yourselves comfort however you possibly can. Um, it's real heavy, y'all. And so, mm. yeah, I think that, um, you know, what you were saying, Asia, about, like, you feel most spiritual when you're nourished. I think that, um, yeah, we can nourish ourselves in different ways, you know? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. Prayer is nourishing, Yes, you know? Um, and I'd be forgetting about it because of, you know, what I've been through with my old churches and whatnot. Mm. And so I've strayed away. But uh, oof. even just the posture, I was like, you know what, let me do the old school posture of like kneeling in prayer. And I felt like I was on a different spiritual dimension. Yes. Like, yeah, there's something about like surrendering like your time. Yes. Because I, I go ahead and put on my timer because I'm. I get distracted. So I'm like, if I put on a timer, I will put it, I'll be able to focus. So yeah, there's just something about me surrendering mm. my 10, 15 minutes and just like really devoting myself to like mm. connecting spiritually and um, asking for what I need, just saying where I'm at, like where I want to be, calling in the different things I want. Like, whew, I tell you what. <laughs> it it's it's really powerful and again like I want to commend Pastor Jazz who also like has a lot of trauma around like fasting and whatnot to say you know what like this is what we need as a community yeah and calling us into that like that's a lot I know that was a lot for Pastor Jazz so I yeah I really appreciate her for that Mm. thank you for saying that thank you for saying that that prayer is also a nourishment, like a form of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful reframe. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for your sharing. And I'm just sitting with the image of you and your cute nails, like kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so Either. perfect in my imagination. So praying Karina is one of my uh, my favorite archetypes. Thanks, Bay. Well, yeah, you know, um, Asia and I wanted to do this podcast for longer than y'all can imagine. <laughs> and, um, you know, shout out to um, our homie and love um, Tammy for also wanting to get together and have a podcast with us Um before the Petty Herbalist podcast was something called Daughters of Empire. <laughs> yes. In which, you know, 
y'all's faves we're gonna come together and talk about what it's like to be a um a child of an empire being american living in the united states or the uk or any one of these large empires and have um indigenous have african have asian roots um how do we live and move through the world in different ways and the way we practice herbal medicine the way that we eat and the way that we listen to music how we mm. sing dance you know how do we move through life being a daughter of empire so we kind of mm. want to you know have a throwback <laughs> to those days but also bring it into what we're doing now so um today's episode yeah we're gonna talk about what it's like to be a daughter of empire mm, I love it and yeah shout out to the the great Cho families uh, <laughs> <Shout> <laughs> which uh Tammy arises from um and just I want to bring y'all into the particular form of non-dualism that Karina and I practice because it mm shapes a lot of our perspectives around um around health and around healing and so mm. um it is those things that we cannot accept about ourselves that have power over us and the ultimate goal for my reality and for my community is that we get to live um with an embodied sense of power and embodied serenity and for me, what that takes is the work of Auntie Gloria E. Andalazua, the great mm. uh, Chicana queer uh, feminist theorist who proposed um, in one of her texts, maybe this bridge called my back, maybe uh, Borderlands La Frontera. I believe it was that one. Um, she proposed this concept of uh, mestizaje, um, mm -hmm. which was introduced to me by the great Cherie Brown, shout out. Uh, yeah. And mestizaje is a conceptual framework or a way of being in the world where we acknowledge the parts of ourselves that are colonized and the parts of ourselves mm -hmm. that are colonizer. Mm -hmm. um, and this concept was of particular importance to me um, as an African who has been creolized uh, mm. quite literally both both my paternal and maternal lineages have their roots in Louisiana um, mm. creolized with indigenous blood um, and with European blood mestizaje was really helpful for me um, because it allowed me to acknowledge that Yes, my skin is dark, and uh, there are so many lineages that live uh, inside of the shadow, right, of my melanin. Um, and it allowed me to walk with a more integrated way of being in a way that I didn't have to make European culture other while I critiqued it, right? Mm -hmm. That I didn't have to make indigenous other while I strove towards it that I didn't have to make African monopoly while I integrate with it. Um, mm. And so mestizaje has been a practice that my 
that I have taken on. Um, and it, and it shows up in the way that I practice medicine, um, as an integrated, right. I practice Period. integrated herbal medicine, not integrative, but <laughs> you know, the way that I'm supporting the women who have come to me with cancer right now, um, is in relationship with their oncologist, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and combining herbal medicine with chemotherapy, with pharmaceutical medicine, with deep medicine, um, is a way that I walk in this world, um, is a way that I don't make wrong those things that are, that are out of my control or oppressive, the things that I try to make. What Karina says, don't make it wrong, make a way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yep. Don't make it wrong, make a way. That's right. And so I practice herbal medicine in a way that makes a way. And I just wanted to share um, this this concept um, so that we can kind of understand, for me, um, what it takes to heal, um, Mm. what it takes to heal our lineages and be grounded in the present of what is so, right? Mm. What Mm -hmm. is so is that... um, white supremacy culture lives in you. And the more you point mm. your finger, uh, the more you create shadow around your own behavior and your own mm. ways of being, right? Um, what is so is that colonization and capitalism is the way that you approach your family when they refuse to acknowledge the different ideologies that you picked up in college, right? Mm. Like Mm -hmm. what is so is that without acknowledging the parts of us um, that are the thing that we don't want to see in the world, uh, we perpetuate the things that we don't want to see in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And so how do we take on this empire that is us, that we are a part of, that we are complicit in? And how do we do that with enough ease to give us liberation to continue to perpetuate our own timelines and our own genetics throughout space and time. Come on. Uh, you know, I always expect to get the word, but I'm always blown away. Yeah, that that really spoke to me, Asia. Um, hmm. As I'm thinking of my own mestizaje, you know, um, both of my parents were immigrants. Uh, my dad from DR my mom from Guatemala and both of them came to the United States with their parents. Um, My mom from Guatemala kind of like, I think they were able to be seen as political refugees, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. And then my dad's side, um, my grandpa, he moved to Puerto Rico, worked there for a little bit and uh, got his citizenship in Puerto Rico and then moved Mm. to uh, New York um, and then brought the family over. Um, But they both came to the United States for a better life, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of their understanding of identity is based on shame because they both came here not speaking English and they had to take the ESL classes and ESL classes back in the day were like, you need to speak English today. Like, let that shit, like that Spanish shit go. Mm. That's not going to work here. 
And so I think both of them, um, a lot of their identity was shaped on trying to assimilate the best way that they possibly could. Um, And so my mom, although she is very, you know, Guatemalan, she didn't really pass on that culture to us, uh, me and my siblings. Um, And also she has kind of drama with her family too so that's the whole thing but now she's closer to them so it's different but um and my dad was my dad was like the epitome of someone who's trying to get the american dream like my dad was in the military he went to college my dad is like super intelligent he got really good jobs um he got a ha- like all the things that you would want um and also he comes from uh, the DR where, you know, you're not black, you're Dominican. <laughs> My dad was definitely one of those people. <laughs> but but at the same time was very rooted in the black Pentecostal church mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, he tried the the white churches, the white Pentecostal churches. But he was like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's dead here. The spirit ain't here. <laughs> My dad realized that, like, it's not the same religion, Mm -mm. you know, the white Pentecostal, the black, it's it's really not. So anyways, but my dad later realized he was black. We we the siblings, the the children, we grew up because we look black. We were black. We grew up in Colorado. You know, there weren't a lot of Dominicans or Guatemalans for that matter. And Mm -hmm. so we didn't speak Spanish. So we grew up as little black kids. And so I grew up knowing that I'm black, but also back in the day, they didn't say Latinx. They said Hispanic. So I was like, I know I'm black. I know I'm Hispanic, but I'm seen as a black person. Mm -hmm. And so and yeah, I wasn't really seen as uh hispanic from the mexicans that i spend time with so i was like fuck y'all then i'm just i'm just black period Mm. so um anyways yeah um so where i'm at now is um you know i think similarly to when i grew up I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm seen as black. I'm a black American. Like, that's how I grew up. That's my everyday lived experience. Mm. But um, I got to live in DR for a year. And I got to live in Mexico for like five months um, in the Yucatan Peninsula, which is close to Guatemala. And so I got to get a, a taste of both of the cultures in which my parents left. And um, I also am seen as an American, like being there, like you're still you could be mixed or whatever. But at the same time, you're very much American. Mm -hmm. And so me understanding that, like, I am all those things. It wasn't more present than when I was away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I think all of these things inform the way I practice herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always had to be adaptive. So anywhere I go, I'm going to try to um, look at what's growing around me and um, see how I can make medicine from those things. And this is another reason why um, 
I guess botany is so important to me, like in uh -huh. knowing botanical names and families, because I'm like, oh, I know this family. I have an inkling for what these plants can do. That's right. So, yeah, all that to say, my messy sahih has allowed me to be really adaptive to where I'm at um, and yet grounded to um, the cultures in which I come from. So, yeah, sorry, that was a lot, but... <laughs> No, that's to give y'all some context. I love like a uh, little, <laughs> little Karina in the bellows, you know. Period. I'm out here <laughs> in the hood. Okay, period. Okay, and also like you know what it means to be an immigrant who chooses blackness, um, mm -hmm. because all immigrants are taught that black is the thing that you absolutely don't want to be. Um, yeah. You know, my positionality is interesting because all of my best friends are first generation. Um, mm. And so y'all really um, inform me of what it's like to uh, walk with parents who, of, who are of a different, complete different experience than you. Um, mm. And I think for me, you know, um, the hybridization with whiteness unfortunately has had such um a long track uh my ancestors have been here for hundreds of years even even before slavery um mm. and so um i think a lot about uh what it is to have this beautiful rich voice that i can hear uh and also have that voice producing English words uh, mm -hmm. and what it is to be a Black poet, right? What it is mm -hmm. to fully master the language beyond uh, what was possible by its original creators. I also mm -hmm. think of the tragedy of like being a Black herbalist means that often we have to pass through the violence of white gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And so my experience as a Black herbalist has been um, to, ha I've, I've had to learn and I've had to apprentice with people who have had the privilege to practice like herbalism in a, um, in a deep kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. And sort of those experiences of apprenticeship, some were really beautiful, but some cost me so much. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Karina and I, we talk about our white grandmother. Um, mm. And that's just such a real conversation, uh, thinking about the legacies of feminism that we have inherited, including mm. Black feminisms that were a response and a reaction against the predominant forms of feminism, shout out to Audre Lorde, um, mm -hmm. who I'm reading at the moment. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, I just, I think about herbalism and all the white male herbals that are sitting on my bookcase and how I'm so proud that now there are more black herbalists, but eh, there wasn't that much reference points when I got started in the game and the reference points that were available weren't necessarily in alignment with my values. They were very heroic mm -hmm. and um, they didn't sort of agree with me. And so, you know, part of moving forward for Karina and I is also to move backwards, um, studying mm -hmm. black midwifery, 
um, in the American South, going to the origins of our ancestors, right? Uh, the Yucatan, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> touching into Mayan traditional medicines. Um, and for me, of course, like grounding um, into traditions that aren't my own to find home, like Chinese medicine um, yeah. has been the biggest, like, gift that I never thought I'd have and and my having access to this medicine is a hundred percent dependent on my relationship to this empire right right like and the empires in China where the medicine people mm. you know after Mao took over and the revolution like many of those traditional practitioners fled to Korea to Japan but also to San Francisco right mm. So the depth of Chinese medicine can be found in the United States, but also like in what ways this continent, this turtle island, right? The original home of so many diverse and ingenious indigenous people. Um, And what ways for me, um, what ways were we all supposed to be here? Period. Mm. Right? Something terrible caused our black genetics to be distributed right throughout this sort of diaspora something terrible happened but in what ways was that distribution supposed to happen so that we can end up right here in this moment with each other enjoying the the beauty of of life yeah Hmm. yeah it's it is very difficult um to comes to terms with that especially when it comes to language um and yeah the the very gross um and tragic ways that we had to like be a part of this empire but what's also beautiful is that a lot of us speak similar languages you know and so we can now share this information with each other um it sucks that um, a lot of West African countries have to speak English, but also it allows us to be able to go over there and speak directly with elders, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, in ways that we probably wouldn't have had access in the past, in right. the distant or <laughs> not so distant past. So it's kind of beautiful. Um, you know, I am learning Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we out here. Um, and I think it's just, it's such an important tool to be able to communicate, like I said, with elders and just with regular ass people. Um, and I have a lot of shame that I can't speak Spanish super well and that I have an accent, but, um, you know, and looking at, uh, a little bit about, um, Looking into the biography of um, Gloria Andozua, she also struggled with um, her Spanish and had a thick accent. She was like, listen, this is part of the Stisaje. Like, like our accents matter. Like, it's okay. We are people of empire. So I'm like, you know what? This it's honestly fine that like I still have an American accent. Like, I am American. I am part of the empire. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, though the tragedies happen, though it sucks, we have all this trauma in our bloodline. Um, we have access to our past because of these tools like language. So 
I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I hope to collect more information. And yeah, I want to be one of those Black herbalists that uh, people look to for reference in the future because mm -hmm. of the cool work that, you know, me and Asia get to do. True. So, amen. Praise. Amen. Praise. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move into our Aussie word of advice is there anything that you have on your spirit babe there's always so much on my spirit I'm reading uh two Audrey Lord texts and one a burst of light um is her journey uh with cancer as I am supporting other black women with cancer it's just so beautiful to walk with Sister Audrey, who is exploring Iskador and Rudolf Steiner and some of these pathways that I've chosen um, to be the way that I support um, other women and folks. Um, and I'm sitting with her premise of liberation. For her, for Audrey, liberation lives in communication. And... Mm -hmm. And what ways sort of is this um, this expression of Karina and I inherently liberating? In what ways is our deep acknowledgement of the diversity of our bloodline, but are coming to terms with it in voice, um, mm. deeply liberating? Uh, so I'm sitting with Sister Audrey, Auntie Audrey. And for her, it's not enough to acknowledge that we are daughters of empire, but we also get to use the weight of our empire to create change globally around the world. Audrey was very much involved with boycotting and divestment um, in the movements in South Africa. Um, she was deeply involved globally with Black feminism and feminists in Germany and feminists all over Europe and bringing sort of Black consciousness to sort of all people. Um, and so for me, I'm thinking about sort of the call to action um, mm. that sort of arises beyond sort of the speaking of the truth and the peace mm. and how do we leverage um, our deep sort of our deep entanglement um, mm. with our nation state? How do we leverage that mm. for the liberation of women and folks of all um, stripes? globally. And so for me, um, my bougie auntie word of advice is a, um, in the way of Sister Audrey, for us to name, name the parts of ourselves that we're ashamed of, uh, the parts mm. of ourselves that we don't want to align to, but the parts of ourselves that are inevitable, right? Mm. Uh, and not only do we name it, but then how do we claim it? And then how do we, how do we love that part and then how do we use that part to enact justice on behalf of those who don't have access to those mm. parts um right. this is this is the call kind of to action and, and that's that's my bougie auntie uh word of advice it's work that i have done um deep 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 work um and it's because of this work that i walk around as a liberated black woman um and that's an archetype that the world's not really ready, really ready for, but um, it is, it is my reality. So that is my bougie auntie word of advice for this week. Um, wow. And sweet sis Karina, I'm curious about yours. Um, 
Yeah, I think that my bougie auntie word of advice is in alignment with yours. Um, I'm just kind of thinking of it in like uh, the way of our different privileges, you know, um, because my grandparents worked hard. My parents got to have it slightly easier and I have it a lot easier, you know, like my job. I work in social media, you know, um, I work from home. I have a very ease filled life um, and I do a lot of work. It just isn't painstaking. You know, it's it's not the blood, sweat and tears that um, even my parents had to go through and are still going through right now. Um, and so I want to be able to utilize the privileges I have to bring other people up in like, you know, maybe not like historic ways, but I'm just thinking about what I'm up to right now in the current situation. So as y'all know, I'm going to be competing in the U.S. Coffee Championships and, you know, um, I need sponsors for the things that I'm doing. And one of the sponsorships I need is for coffee. And because I was trained by this organization who's connected to like all the big people in coffee, I could get some really good coffee from like a huge um, coffee roaster really easily. But I decided, you know what I want to do? I want to get Dominican coffee from a Dominican roaster in LA you know and (laughs) I knew it'd be difficult to find but I found it and um yeah they're going to sponsor me and I just feel like yeah I'm so excited because (laughs) I am utilizing what I have like my privilege my access to the LA coffee scene to like bring these people up because I know it's been hard for them and they're not in any cafes, but after what I'm going to do, they're going to be in some cafes, period. That's right. And so I guess my bougie auntie word of advice is, you know, wherever you're at, whatever the privileges that you have, like, bring people up, like, mm. you know, like put people on with mm-hmm. what you got. Like mm-hmm. everybody has something that they can bring someone into and put someone on. So, yeah, no matter how large scale or small scale, like bring someone up with you because, yeah, it is lonely at the top. But uh, when you bring the homies, listen, y'all are all up together. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I got for y'all. Oh, I love it. Thanks for putting me on, Karina. You should be putting me on, too holding my hand at the top of the pyramid it's not even a pyramid it's a flat top yeah because we'd be bringing up everybody with us that's right oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah so all right i'm just getting no my heart's full and it's true and you do do that and yes i'm so happy about your sponsorship Yeah, we out here. Listen, because I got a coffee sponsor. I got a tea sponsor with money, too. So <laughs> we we up, okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so shout out to Atabe Coffee Roasters. That's who I'm working with. So if y'all want some bomb-ass Dominican coffee that is um, Dominican-owned, Dominican roasted, and they're in LA. So shout out. 
y'all want some coffee um you can order online shout out um and then spirit tea is my tea sponsor so shout out to them yeah and they have the best tea so period (laughs) um but yeah thanks y'all for hanging out with us um it's been a long time but we didn't leave you okay (laughs) and uh we really appreciate all y'all who support us in the various ways um especially on social media on all the accounts um for petty herbalists and bones bugs and botany and also shout out to y'all who's um who support us with your money on patreon for patreon.com slash petty herbalist if you want to support this podcast because you know we be out here and then patreon.com slash bones bugs and botany if you want to support asia um and the future things that we're going to be doing together um yeah these are both uh worthwhile causes to put your money at so that's what we got (laughs) for y'all and uh we just want to remind y'all to always stay ready and be petty bye